I'm going to uh, pray and we'll get into our message this morning. Lord, we just love you this morning. Lord, we just thank you, Lord God, for just the privilege of coming to church. What a joy it is to serve you, Lord God. It's not a hard thing to serve you. You've been so good to us. Just like we've been singing this morning, your goodness is running after us, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God, that we let it just invade us, Lord God. Lord, we just love you and we praise you today. We just thank you for your word that it ministers to each heart today, that Jesus is magnified in this place, Lord God. So we just love you and we just ask the Holy Ghost to have his way in here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, I'm going to share something that, I, that God put in my heart about March time, right about March, that I've, and I've been ministering it in nearly everywhere that I have been going this year. And I, I, want, to, I want to talk on... Um, opportunities today, and really the message is called what time it is, but this part here that I'm going to look at, I'm going to just look at our uh, taking our opportunities in God. Amen. Praise God. We all get opportunities in life. Every single one of us get opportunities, but you know what? You have to take them, and there are some opportunities you don't want to miss. You want to take them when they arise, and the reason I'm preaching this is because one um, Wednesday night I was standing in a church service and right in the middle of the service, God, just God started dealing with my heart in the middle of praise and worship and just let me know that there's a definite shift that is happening in the body of Christ at this present moment in time. There's uh, a lot of the things that people trusted in and looked to. I tell you, they didn't work over the lockdown and people realized that they need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes, it's great to be cool and all of those kind of things. But I'm telling you, when lockdown came, you've seen what worked and what didn't work. Amen. A lot of people fell apart during lockdowns. A lot of pastors fell apart during the lockdowns. Because, you see, if you can't do your big presentation or anything like that, what do you do? Well, you do what you always do. You walk with God daily. Amen. You need a daily walk with God. You need to know Jesus so intimately that if you're with Him on your own, you don't fall apart because you've got Jesus. When it's just you and him, you're in good company. Amen. And then it's good to come together, and we need to be together. The Bible tells us to come together, not for, to forsake the assembling together of the saints, because we all need church. And I tell you, church was attacked this last few years, and I know all of the different things that went on and all the rest of it, but bottom line was people didn't come together, and they suffered as a result of it. Um, it's important for us to come together. Amen. I tell you, church is valuable to our lives. It's necessary. And um, thank God for local church. Amen. But you know what? As I say, many people didn't, didn't know how to function during lockdown. But I'm telling you, one-on-one -on -one Christianity always works, no matter what generation you live in. Amen. Sometimes people say, oh, that's, that's, that doesn't... Um, let me just throw this over here. Somewhere. Some people say, you know what, uh, you know what, we've changed all the rest of it. You know, uh, we move on with the times and all that. Let me tell you, the Bible's not changing for anybody. The Bible's not meant, to, or society's not meant to change the Bible. The Bible changes society. Amen. And it's the same with our lives. You know what, we don't change the Bible to suit us. We, we change. We let the Bible change us. That's why we renew our mind. And then we're transformed, amen, by the renewing of our mind. Thank God for the Word of God. Let me tell you, prayer is still in. Still need to pray. Still need to praise God. Still need the Word. Still need relationship with God. All of these things are vital. And um, at that time, I was just standing in, in the church service. God started dealing with my heart that, 
You know, there's going to be a lot of people that's going to go back to the Word and the Spirit. Because that's what we need. Amen. Smith Wigglesworth, who was a mighty man of God, said the last move of God will be the Word and the Spirit together. Before Jesus comes. And I tell you, I believe in God for a mighty move of God. Amen. And that's what I'm saying. We don't want to miss our time. We don't want to miss our opportunity. You need to know what time it is. A lot of people don't know what time it is. They don't have a clue spiritually. You see, they're looking out there to the world and they don't know their time. Do you know why? Because they don't do the one-on-one Christianity. But if you walk with God, this is the best time to be alive. Amen. This is, this is not a time to, to wind things down. This is a time to be more excited than ever before. But people say, oh, but there's people walking away. You know, the Bible tells us in the last days there'll be things like that happen. But it lets us know what where we're meant to be as believers in the last day. You can either be part of the SAR bus or SAR, what do you call it, pus bunch in the last days. You know what I mean? They always complain, oh, you know what, it's, you know, uh, this one and that one and, you know what, and this ministry and that ministry. And do you know what always amazes me? There's people that built their whole YouTube channel on criticizing ministers. Who wants that ministry? You're not for anything. You're against everybody. Nobody wants a ministry like that. And let me tell you, if you go to do anything, there'll be people will find fault in it. You don't want to be part of that bunch. Amen. And there's people like that today because if you, if you tag a certain name to it, you get so many views. And some people are more interested in getting views and, than they are in, in having a bit of integrity. They don't mind bashing somebody as long as they get more views. I don't want to be in that group. I don't want to be in the, the Sarpus. Not the Sarbus, okay? <laughs> yeah, there's plenty on the Sarbus, okay? But I don't want to be in that crew that's running around downing everybody. I want to be part of the crew that is focused on Jesus in these days because I'm telling you, this is the best day and hour to be alive. Amen. Praise God. I tell you, when it's, when anytime there's been a move of God, it came out of darkness. Do you know why? Because people got to the stage of realizing what is going on. We need God. And there's people who either get all negative or there's a bunch of other people who say, God, we need you more than ever before. Amen. You see, that bunch, they're going to have a move of God. Amen. So this is an exciting time to be alive. And you don't want to miss your opportunity. As I said, there's some opportunities you need to take. You don't get another one. Like um, my mom has led several people to the Lord on their deathbed. You know, what's the, that's the last goal. Do you know what I mean? That's the opportunity. You take it. You know, but then there's other things in life where you do get many opportunities. And I always say opportunities are like, you know, standing at the bus station. You know, if you stand at the bus station and you miss a bus, there's another one coming soon. Okay? Just don't leave the station. And sometimes people miss an opportunity to get all discouraged. No, just stay in place. Another one will come around again. Amen? But then there's other opportunities that you need to take when you get the opportunity. Amen? Asking somebody out. (laughs) You like a master mouth quick. (laughs) No, I'm only joking. Amen. Think about it. Make sure you're doing the right thing. But um, I took my opportunity with my wife, and you know what? And she dropped me like a sack of spuds. I'm not joking. (laughs) 
My wife didn't say to me, I don't know, we'll think about it. My wife said to me, absolutely not. I'm not even one bit attracted to you. <laughs> That's the way to do it, amen? And I'll tell you what, my daughter's like a mini-me of her. And I'll tell you, she'll have no problem doing that. She's getting taller. She's taller than Donna now. And, and um, I said to her yesterday, I said, you know what? I'm going to have to get a bigger stick or a gun or something to keep fellas away. You know what I mean? As you get older. She said to me, don't worry about it. I'll soon tell them where to go. <laughs> I went, yeah, you're just like your mother. Amen. <laughs> and that's what I did say to her. Amen. <laughs> but you know what? I asked Anna. Well, I didn't ask her. I just, you know, just put the feelers out there a bit. You know what I mean? To see was she interested. To see did she bite at all. Or she did. She bit my head off. <laughs> but, but you know what? I took the opportunity anyway. But you know what? I've got another one, and 19 years later, married. Praise the Lord. Amen. God's good. Amen. <laughs> I was like the song they say, we're singing, I was, I, your goodness is running after me. I was running after her. <laughs> Praise God. But you know what? It was an opportunity. Who cares? You get left down. At least you know. Amen. Sometimes you just better find it out. Some, th- some opportunities in life, you just need to go, to go for it. If you're not ready for it, well, then you'll soon find out. If you step into something and you fail, who hasn't failed? The problem with people is they're afraid to fail. God's, God's bigger than all of our failures. God can pick you up and encourage you and you go again. Amen. But there's opportunities that you do not want to miss. Amen. Um, you know what? <laughs> if you miss the last bus, you're in trouble. Okay. Which happened to me when I was a teenager. A young teenager. I found out that there was a girl fancied me. And that was rare, okay? <laughs> that was rare. So, I, so I, I thought, you know what? I'm going to have to investigate, see who this brave woman is. So a friend of mine, we decided that we would go out to this village. It was something like eight or ten miles away from my house. Now, <laughs> how I got there was I got on a church minibus for a youth, a youth thing. Okay? And I told my mom I was going to church because my mom, like from weeping kids, all my mom has endeavored for us is to be, is to have a relationship with God. She brought us up in the things of God. She sent us to every children's meeting that there was. I mean, we were in children's meetings constantly, church constantly. And so I said to her, I'm going down to church on, on Friday night. And boy, she was delighted. So I got on the bus that came through our estate. Well, when I got out of the bus at that wee village, I legged it and I went to the park to see could I meet this girl. Well, I did meet her and all the rest of it, and you know what? And um, but <laughs> we, we we were young lads; we hadn't got a clue, so we just knew where the bus stop was. So we went to the bus, and we knew when the last bus was coming. Sure, we didn't have a clue. We stood on the wrong side of the road and right past, and we were standing there. Eight mile away in the winter, and it was snowing. And <laughs> I was fat, okay? So, like, I'm not politically correct, okay? I, I, I mean, you could have rolled me home if it was downhill. But, right? But we're, I, my mate, he was skinny, okay? And he done a bit of running. And he looked at me and he says, we're going to have to run home. Well, all the fat in me started to cry. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> but I had to run. We had no choice. 
And we ran home and ran home and ran home, and we got a couple of miles from my, from my house. And I'm coming past, like, like this here, absolutely freezing. And didn't I see a primary school teacher's house that I, whenever I was in primary school, and I noticed her car in the driveway. I was that desperate. I was up at her house knocking the window trying to get her up. Well, she was an elderly woman at that time. She probably thought somebody was trying to break in, but she didn't answer the door anyway, and the car was there. So I had to huff and puff the whole way home, boy, and I met at home. But you know what? I found out that night that there's some things you don't want to miss. I've never missed a bus since it, I can tell you. I've never ran as far in my life since it either. And nearly collapsed. And when I got home, my mom says, what have you been doing? Have you been running? I says, no. She says, you have. You're still jiggling. No. <laughs> the fat hadn't calmed down yet. <laughs> but praise God. You know, here's the thing. That bus was so close, okay? But <laughs> we missed it. It was so close that we seen it go right by, but we missed it because we were not prepared for it. We were on the wrong side of the road, and the next bus wasn't coming to the early morning again. Well, I'm telling you, to see, when Jesus came, the leaders missed him, and he was so close. Amen? And I'm telling you, we're so close to something great as well, and we don't want to be like them and miss what God is doing. We want to have our finger on the pulse and what God is doing. Amen? See, you'll miss your opportunity if you're not aware of the time that you're in. Amen? You'll miss it. So it was so close. Now, let me look over here for a second in Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. This was straight after Jesus rode into Jerusalem, remember, on, a, on the donkey. And the leaders, they rejected Jesus. The people accepted him, but the leaders rejected him. And it says here in verse um, 41, this Luke 19, 41, it says, And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou had known, even now, at least in this, look at this, thy day, this was your day, do you know we sing that song, you know, this is the day the Lord has made, I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Do you know that's from a psalm? And the psalm talks about the stone that the builders rejected, and then it talks about this is the day that the Lord has made, I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Now, that was a particular day. I know we can apply that to our lives, that this is the day the Lord has made. This is Every day we can say that, and we're going to rejoice in it. But for the Jewish people, that was a specific day in which Jesus rode into Jerusalem as their king. And the Jewish leaders rejected Jesus as their king. And that's what he's talking about. That's why he's weeping here. That's why Jesus was weeping. And it says, saying, if they had known at least this in thy day, the things which belong, look at that, unto thy peace. Let me tell you, when, you, when you're in the place where God has you to be, there's a peace there. It doesn't mean there's always peace out here. It means there's peace in here. You have peace. I'm telling you, when you're walking hand in hand with the Prince of Peace, you have peace in your life. Amen? But now they are hid from thine eyes, for the day shall come upon thee, that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee round about, and keep thee in on every side. That was 70 AD. You remember what happened in 70 AD? The Romans came in, 
and took over Jerusalem. Yet if they would have knew their day, they would have been in the millennial kingdom of Jesus Christ where Jesus was ruling and reigning for a thousand years and they missed it. That's amazing. And then it says here, and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another. Look at this, because thou knew not the time of thy visitation. That is an amazing statement. They didn't know the mist. They missed the bus. Jesus came as their king and they missed their opportunity. We're not going to miss ours. Amen. And you have to make your mind up that you are not going to miss your opportunity. They missed that opportunity and there will be another bus come around again. But it's taken a long, long time to get there. Jesus will set up his millennial kingdom. Amen. And that's in the future for anyone who understands that. But you see, when it says here about their visitation, not me, that word visitation, it also means their office. They had an office, okay, as in they were the leaders. And the leaders missed what their leadership was all about. They missed the purpose of why they were called. And we need to know why we're called in this generation and what it is all about. Praise God. If you, if you look at them, the Bible called the Jewish leaders, it called them the builders. And these builders missed the stone. They missed them. But praise God, we've received them. Amen. And I'm sure there was a lot of these people who, um, who did cry out, you know, crucify Jesus and all of those kind of things. I, I'm sure a lot of those people as the years went on, maybe even on the day of Pentecost or the days after it, received Jesus as the Lord and Savior. You know, Paul the Apostle received Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And there's a lot of people who will bash God and say things. You know what? Our job is not to fight with people all the time. There's people who will reject Jesus, you know, when we tell them about Jesus. I don't want anything to do with your Jesus. Our job is not to chase them, running after them with a tract. Receive, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. That is not our job. You see, if somebody says, I don't want your Jesus, just say, okay, thank you. Thank you. Because the last thing you want to be doing is fighting with people over Jesus. People have a right to reject Jesus. But you know what? Thank God for people who go away thinking about it. The best thing you can do is show love because it'll mess them up. <laughs> Tell them I love you still. I hate your blankety blank Jesus. That's okay if that's how you feel like that. I love him, but you know what? I love you too. And they go away cursing you, but you know what? They've never had anybody respond like that. Maybe when they're sitting at home, they'll think, what on earth was going on the other day? I was expecting a good fight. And that person, all they did was love me. Do you know what? One plants, another one waters, but it's God who gives the increase. Amen. Praise God. Um, here's why these people missed it. Let me look at this here for a moment. Ma Matthew chapter 16. And we can learn something from this. Matthew chapter 16. And it says here in verse, in verse 1. It says here, And the Pharisees also with the Sadducees came tempting, desiring him that he would show them a sign from heaven. And he answered and said unto them, when it is evening, 
You say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. You hypocrites, look at that. You can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of thy times. Look, let me just read this as well out in Luke chapter 12. It says more or less the same kind of thing. Luke chapter 12 and verse 54. It says here, And he said also to the people, When you see a cloud rise in the east, straightway you say there comes a shower, and so it is. And when you see the, the south wind blow, you say there will be heat, and it shall come to pass. You hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and the earth, but how is it that you cannot discern this, this time? Jesus is talking to these leaders, and he's saying, do you know what? If we talk about physical things, you have your finger on the pulse. You understand? You have your finger on the pulse of everything that is happening physically. You know whenever the, this, the sky changes, when there's a shift, you know what's coming after that because you have observed. It's just like we would say a red sky at night. Yeah, see, it sends things that have come down through observation. So, you know, we can tell certain things that are going to happen. I don't know any of you are a bit strange like me in the sense of I get real pressure in my head when there's going to be a thunderstorm. Is anybody else like that? Yeah, see, we're not all weird. <laughs> my wife, there's myself and a friend, a friend of ours, we always say that, you know what, if we're ever driving anywhere, we'll say, you know what, it feels like rain's in the air, feel that pressure in the air. And she'd just turn around and say, two weirdos. <laughs> but I looked it up, and I found out that it is a thing. When there's pressure, it does something in certain very gifted people. It does something <laughs> in, the, in their brain that other people don't have those capacities <laughs> anyway, no, it does something in your, in your head, and it's pressure, and it affects your nervous um, things in your head or whatever, and you just feel that pressure, and you know there's pressure in the atmosphere, and it needs, needs to be released in the atmosphere. You have, you have a, a, like an awareness. It's like physically your finger is on the pulse of what is happening. But you know what? These people knew the physical things but they did not know their time spiritually. There's a lot of people that can tell you everything about everything. They can tell you every statistic with the football. They can tell you everything that's happening in world politics. They can tell you everything that's happening on Netflix. They can tell you everything that's happening everywhere. They have so much natural knowledge. And they, they, they're brilliant in them games. Okay, general knowledge games, they're brilliant. And there's nothing wrong with studying and all of those kind of things, okay? Nothing wrong with having education. Education's good. But when you have only natural knowledge, but you don't have any spiritual knowledge, you'll miss what God's doing. Because here's the thing, you'll wet your finger, so to speak, and you'll put your, your finger up to see out there what is happening. Instead of looking to your relationship with God to see what's happening. And if you don't know what's happening in God, you'll miss your time. Now, I'm, going look, I'm looking at this from the aspect today of like more like along the lines of the Holy Ghost. And thank God for the Holy Ghost, that inward. And you have an inward knowing on the inside of you as a, as a believer. Just like when pressure comes 
I can feel it in my head. Well, I'm telling you, and it lets you know there's a shift in the natural. Well, I can tell you, when you walk with God and you have a close relationship with God, you can have something exciting going on on the inside of you, and it doesn't look like anything exciting is happening on the outside. Because your temperature, your gauge doesn't come from out there. It doesn't come from the culture of our generation. Oh, you know what? The culture's saying this. Let me tell you, we need to be tuned into God, not the culture. If you're tuned into the culture, you'll change things to suit the culture. Instead of through the word invading the culture and making a difference. Amen? See, we're not meant to be moved by natural shifting. We're meant to be moved by God. Where God excites us on the inside. It's like um, Isaac. Isaac sowed in a famine. That didn't make sense. But God said so. The Bible says if you observe the seasons, you won't sow. And if you observe everything that's going on to determine how well we're doing in the move of God, you will let that world determine how we're doing and what we can do in the move of God. But I'm telling you, when you walk with God, there's an excitement that comes by the Holy Ghost. There's a direction. There's a shift. Sometimes there's a shift in you where you know, God, you, you, you've more for me or God shows you something and you need to follow that. Learn to follow God from the inside out, not from the outside in. Amen. And I've seen it over the last 10 15 years, even in the body of Christ, I've watched the church try to do everything to compromise to suit this generation. And I tell you, the world doesn't respect it. Because you end up with a powerless church that just looks the same as the world. And I don't mean go back to 1950 or 200 years ago. I don't mean go back and sing boring songs and all of those kind of things. I believe you can be trendy. I believe you can live in the 21st century and use iPads, and use computers, and use technology, but be absolutely on fire for Jesus. I don't want my kids growing up a bunch of weirdos that can't relate to anybody because we have them in a wee religious cult. You understand? Where you have to wear a certain color or something like this here, and you can't get that haircut because that's worldly, and you can't wear them runners, they're worldly, and everything's worldly. Let me tell you, God made everything. It's the hard attitude towards things. Amen. You can raise your kids to be kids that are, are bold and have influence in their generation, but still are cool. They can play their PlayStation. They can do all of those kind of things, but still love Jesus. Amen. These leaders, they should have knew their generation. They should have knew their time. You know, um, just, just think about it, okay? You can go, you can go right back to the, the wise men showing up. Like there was rumors that were going on. There were stories, I'm sure, of, of Mary being impregnated, of Elizabeth with John the Baptist. Then you think years later as John's older, John is pointing out and saying, Behold the Lamb of God. They came to John and they said, who are you? Are you the Christ? He said, no, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare you the way. All of this is going on. If they would have had their, their finger on the pulse in God, they, would have, they wouldn't have missed what God was doing. Even when Jesus was a, was a baby, there was a man in the temple called uh, Simon, Simon or Simeon. And 
The Holy Spirit had told him that uh, before you die, you will see the Christ. You will see the Messiah. This is an old man, and he pointed out Jesus in the temple. Look, there were signs. There were things that were happening. And then Jesus himself, when the Jewish leaders took him and put him on trial, they asked him straight out. These builders asked him straight out, are you the Christ? And he says, I am. Praise God. He, he left, left it very clear to everybody that he was the Messiah, and yet they still missed their opportunity. Look, there's an amazing prophecy in Daniel chapter 9, and I'm not going to go through it because it takes a bit of time to work, work out. There's dates and different things, but it gave the Jewish history forward um, from the walls would be built. Nehemiah built the walls from that time right up until the Bible says Messiah the Prince. It gives you actual years. It would be 483 years from the walls were decreed to be built right until Messiah the Prince. 483 years and 483 years to the day Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. If they had knew the word of God, and not been religious, they wouldn't have missed their time. Amen? Look, we can go to the Bible, and the Bible tells us what it's going to be like in the last days, and then people are shocked. <laughs> Understand? In the last times, perilous times will come, and people are, I don't understand, where's God? God's where He's always been faithful, loving, gracious, Amen. Coming at us every day with His love and His goodness. Amen. Our protector, our deliverer, our healer, our shepherd, our righteousness. Amen. He's our Savior. Praise God. He's all of those things to us every single day. Amen. Praise God. Let me let me look over in um, let me look over in First Chronicles for a moment. I'll go there in a second. Praise God. God's good. This is not a time to miss our opportunity. Amen. In the things of God. I just want to encourage you this morning. Don't miss it. Don't miss your opportunity. Praise God. Don't miss it. Don't miss your opportunity in every area of your life. Look, if you have something in your heart to do, don't miss your opportunity. Don't wait till you're old. Take it now. If you're older and you say, you know what, I missed opportunities, well, you have the rest of your life to live. There's people who've got turned on for God in their 60s and their 70s and went and done something great for God. Don't miss your opportunities. You know what, if you have, you have something you've always had on your heart, like Damien we were talking earlier, like a course you have in your heart, well, yeah, just go for it. Amen. If it's what you feel a leading of God is, find out from God. Like, walk with God. But if you know in your heart that God is something for you, well, what's the worst can happen? There's some people that are just afraid. Maybe they were brought up um, where they were told that you could only amount to so much or you could only accomplish so much. Maybe they're maybe the, the area they grew up in. I grew up in an estate, and sometimes you can get an estate mindset where you don't see your way out of that estate. But but you know what I found, I found from the Word of God? God can lift your, your vision higher. 
It doesn't make you better than anybody. It just means you see further. It's just God can give you bigger optics so that you can believe God for more. Don't limit yourself. I've seen people take opportunities, and boy, they, they really were glad they took them because it took them to a whole new level. Look, I, I know even in preaching, I've often shared it, and I share it with people all the time, especially people who have a desire for preach, to preach the Word of God. And, you know, the Word of God, I tell you, it's important to minister the Word, but the Word of God has to be taught right as well. Um, people, people have been brought into major bondage through teaching because it hasn't been taught right. People have been brought into more bondage after they got saved than they were in their life, you know what I mean? Thank God they got saved. But I'm talking about in their everyday life. We're in more bondage after they got saved. Because the pulpit can set you free what's taught or else it can put chains on you. So it is important to study the Word. But, you know, sometimes you just have to get up there. And even if your knees are knocking. Amen. First time I preached, I, I thought I was going to preach for whatever, 40 minutes or something. I lasted about three humiliated. I often say to people, I'm not joking, I'm telling the truth. Like, my mouth got so dry. that my t- oh, It's going like that every time I preach it. And I try and bring it to back down. I go straight back up. And, I, and then I was conscious of that and I started sweating. And I fell flat in my face. But you know what? I took the next opportunity that came. And I took the next opportunity that came. And it took the next opportunity. Don't ever be afraid to fail. You'll not fall out of God's grace. God's grace is bigger than your failure. Amen. Just fall. God's that good. He'll pick you back up. And he'll say, I love you. You did great. Go again. So that's what my pastor done at that time. The pastor that I had. That's what he said to me. And I tell you, I knew God was ministering to me through that. But praise God. But there are lots of people in the Bible, who missed their opportunity. And there's lots of people who took their opportunity. There's a man in the Bible, and you call him Judas. We all know Judas. You think about Judas, walk with Jesus. He couldn't have got any closer than that physically, and yet he missed his opportunity. There's a man in 2 Timothy chapter 4 called Demas. Demas was part of Paul's ministry team. Imagine traveling with the apostle Paul. Imagine seeing the things that Paul accomplished in preaching the gospel. And yet Demas got distracted. And the Bible says he loved this present world more. And he ended up leaving Paul. What an opportunity missed. There's lots of people in the Bible like that who missed their opportunity. There's people who got it wrong. And then they got it right. Thank God for people like Peter in the Bible. Peter always encourages me. Peter was impulsive. Peter just acted before he thought. And there's many people like that. They act before they think. But I'm telling you, Peter got it majorly wrong and Peter got it majorly right. But here's the thing about Peter. Peter found a place where you could find stability and that was in God's word. And he found what would bring stability to his life. And Peter went on and did great things. You read in the book of Acts, you see the great things that he did. He got it majorly wrong, but then he got it majorly right. But he wasn't afraid to go for it. 
He wasn't afraid to get out of the boat and walk in the water. Who wants to stay in the boat with the people criticizing you for going forward? Or do you want to have a testimony? At least I walked on the water. People focus on he sunk. He walked on the water before he sank. Amen? There's an, another guy in the Word of God called John Mark. And John Mark was another guy who went with Paul and Barnabas. And when it got tough, he left. And he just didn't leave. He ran back to his mommy. That's what happened. He ran back to his mommy. Back to Jerusalem to his mommy's house. But you know what? John Mark went for it again. And the Bible says that Paul said, Send me John Mark, for he is profitable for me in the ministry. Just because you mess up doesn't mean it's over. You may have failed. You may have fell apart during the lockdown. You may have threw it all in kind of a thing and, you know, got so discouraged. But that's not your story over. Close that chapter and start a new chapter, a fresh page. Too many people give up when they make a mistake or, they, you know what, they did something stupid. None of us will go through life perfect. We all need Jesus every single day. And if you mess up, you're part of the human race that has messed up majorly. Get back to Jesus, and I'm telling you, He'll give you strength. And you get underneath His grace, and His grace will help you. His grace will help you overcome his grace will help you overcome in areas where you're struggling with. He'll feed into you every day. He loves you so much. God has not given up on you. If you feel today, and I really feel that in my heart today, there's people in here where you felt like you've failed, or you felt like you've let God down. I'm telling you, you haven't felt big enough. The grace of God is still coming at you every day. And as long as you have breath, you can get up and go again and do what God has called you to do. Amen. Do not quit. Do not quit. Look, if every time I failed, I quit. I, I would have quit a long time ago. Understand? There's things, I, there's things where I have got it majorly wrong in my Christian walk, and I, I could be a rack, but I know God and I know His grace. And I don't run from Him or run to Him. And I let Him pour into me. I let Him build me up. I don't beat myself up. I'm not going to beat myself up when Jesus took my beating for me. I'm not going to live in condemnation when He took all of my sin. He took my condemnation. He gave me His righteousness. And I'm going to stand in righteousness and just keep going forward. If you look to people for approval at times, they, they won't give you approval. You don't need people's approval. You just need to know God loves you. And when you're a child of God, you're His. You belong to Him. You need to go by what He says, not what people say. You'll never finish your course looking on to people. You can only finish the race that God has for your life looking on to Jesus. Amen? When you look on to Jesus, everything in Jesus is coming at you, feeding in you. It's like a magnet pulling you forward. You feel there's grace. Amen? It's not saying go and feel, but if you feel or when you feel, know that God hasn't given up on you. Amen? He cares about you too much. You're His. You get overburdened. Cast them all on Him and keep going forward. I tell you, He loves you today. There's nothing bigger than Him. There's nothing bigger than His love. God is good. Amen. Let me finish with this this morning. God is so good, I tell you. God is great. Actually, I need to just say this story as well. Do you know what? I, 
I went through a tough time physically several years ago where I had to get chemo and different things, had two major operations. And I'll tell you, I looked death straight in the face. And I'll I, I tell you, it was, it was discouraging in the natural. Actually, just when you, when you go through stuff and your body's run down, your emotions can be all over the place. And I can remember just saying to Donna, I said, I feel like giving up. I says, but I can't give up because I can't quit. Because if I give up, what hope's that going to give other people? People need to see that you can face things and come out the other side. People need to see that God's big all the time. God doesn't bring your problems. God's not the author of sickness and disease. God's your healer. I'd be dead today if it wasn't for Jesus. I told my wife to go and get things in order. But you know what? Thank God for Jesus. Amen. He's, he, he's the lover of our souls. But you know what? I, I, I had got back to preaching again. And um, one Sunday morning, I, I was ministering. And I think the message I was talking on that morning, I was talking on that no weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. And how that the devil, he may have fashioned a weapon against you, but it hasn't prospered. Praise God, you're still here. And there was a lady that was sitting in the congregation, and she was a, a pastor's wife. And they had went through a horrible situation what caused their marriage to split, and it was a, horrible, I mean, a real horrible situation. It was bad. That lady was at the end of herself. That lady was ready to take her life. Yet her friend convinced her to go to church that day. And I mean, she was in a horrible place. But I tell you, that word coming from someone that she knew had been in a low place. And God's grace was big enough. She knew that that would help her. The same message as a pastor's wife. That woman today, I mean, she is doing amazing things in the move of God. At the lowest point, let me tell you, God's grace was still there. Amen. Grace can flow to the lowest place. And right at that place, sitting in an office, we prayed. And I cried with her. And she cried because I, I, I knew what she was going through. I was just going through a, a, a different thing, but a, a real situation. We cried. I'll tell you, that woman today, she is ministering to people in so many ways today because of an opportunity, and she didn't miss it. I'm telling you, don't miss your opportunities in God. Amen. Don't miss them. Let me finish with this verse here this morning. In um, First Chronicles chapter 12, it says there in verse um, 31, at the end of it, it talks about, you know, David was made king, where the people that came, they came to align themselves really with David, to make David king. All of these people came, if you read that portion of Scripture. And it says, of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times. This is in verse 32. To know what Israel ought to do. And at that time, it was to put David into a place of being king. Thank God for people who know what to do at a certain time. This is a time for us to be on the ball, serving God, reaching young people, raising up the next generation, giving hope. Amen. Preaching the word. Paul said to Timothy, preach the word in season and out of season. Amen. Keep serving Jesus in every generation. How do you know your time? Well, you can know your time through the word of God. 
Another way you can know your time, they both go hand in hand, is through you have an inward witness on the inside of you as a child of God. You have the Holy Ghost living in you. Amen? And the Bible says as children of God, we're not led from out here. We're led by the Spirit of God. And He doesn't lead us. You can do it by a voice, but I'm telling you, first of all, He'll lead you in the Word of God. The next way He'll lead you is through the inward witness. It's not a voice. What is it? It's a knowing. It's just a knower. The Bible says, look at the birds. The birds, they know their time. Do you know why? They have an inward homing device. They don't wear a smartwatch. They don't have a calendar. They just know. And you'll see them leave and fly thousands of miles. Why? Because they just know. I'm telling you, when you walk with God, and don't base everything out there, just focus in on your relationship. God will start speaking to you in here. Amen? And you just know. People say to me, how do you know things? There's things I just know. I don't know how I know. I just know. There's things we've known about people's lives or prayed for people and no tell them. They don't try and make that stuff up. It's only God can show you things. How do you know? Just know. My wife prayed for a, for a young girl one night that, you know, she had fluid on her brain. The doctors hadn't given her any hope. My wife went over and just told her, I'm going to pray for you now. God told me you're going to be well. The doctor was well. They went the next day. They couldn't find the fluid on the brain. How do you know? You just know. Amen. God told me to contact people. And when I contacted, it was just right at the right time. How did you know? I just had it in here. I didn't do it. I wasn't trying to find voices or anything. I was just walking with God. Well, that same knower, the Bible calls it an, an anointing. And you know all things in here, not out here. And when you walk with God and get sensitive to God, God will start leading and guiding your life. God can show you the direction for your life. God can show you the path to take. God can show you the call of God, the purpose of God upon your life. People say, how do I know how to preach? I, don't, I didn't go seeking anything. I, I went after Him. And I have desires. And I just follow the inward witness in line with God's word. Amen. And praise God, I tell you, that's how you know your time. Amen.